0: Hear the word of the Lord. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross to the other side of the lake. He was already in the boat, so they started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm arose. High waves began to break into the boat until it was nearly full of water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion, Frantically, they woke him, shouting, Teacher, don't you even care that we are going to drown? When he woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the water, Quiet down. Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was great calm. And he asked them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith in me? And they were filled with awe and said among themselves, Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the land of the Gerasenes. Just as Jesus was climbing from the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit ran out from a cemetery to meet him. This man lived among the tombs and could not be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to control him. All day long and through the night, he would wander among the tombs and the hills, screaming, and hitting himself with stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him. He ran to meet Jesus and fell down before him. He gave a terrible scream, shrieking, Why are you bothering me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? For God's sake, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus said, What is your name? And the spirit replied, Legion, because there are many of us here inside this man. Then the spirit begged him again and again not to send him to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs. The evil spirits begged. Jesus gave them permission. So the evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd of 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake where they drowned. The herdsmen fled to the nearby city and the surrounding countryside spreading the news as they ran. Everyone rushed out to see for themselves. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, but they were frightened when they saw the man who had been demon-possessed, for he was sitting there, fully clothed and perfectly sane. Those who had seen what happened to the man, to the pigs, told about it, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. When Jesus got back into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go. But Jesus said, No. Go home to your friends. Tell them what wonderful things the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to tell everyone about the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Amen.
1: With staggering steps, he raved along the shoreline, waiting. Waiting for something, but he didn't know what. Was it life? Was it death? Was it despair? Was it salvation? He'd been pacing the beach for days, screaming, running, collapsing, writhing on the ground. Naked he ran and naked he slept, shaking with cold at midnight, burned by the noonday sun, lost, alone, forgotten, pitied and feared. He was the boogeyman of nightmares. And yet, he was waiting on the shore, lurking amongst the dead, watching... Pig boys from the hillside caught glimpses of them throughout that final day. They'd been warned to stay away from the tombs. Haunted, they said. Evil, they whispered. A demon man lives there. Many demons live there. Something's there. They weren't sure what, but it was dangerous. This beast man scanned the horizon, spit, flecking his beard, muttering senseless imprecations at the waves, at the... Sun at the living, at the dead. The violent storm that had raged last night had been stopped as though someone had just turned it off. And now not a wind stirred the dust, and it was quiet, deafeningly quiet. The only storm still raging on this beach was the tempest in this man's heart, and it seemed to be growing. Scanning, watching, shaking, eyes always drawn back to the horizon, back to the water, back to something powerful, some one powerful who was coming, coming. And then, as he watched, what is that? What is it? He sat up erect, straight and taut in body and soul, up and then down on all fours, squinting and straining to see a glimmer of something. What is it? What is it? His eyes, more focused than they had been in months, aching with intensity, trying to pierce the fog, the horizon. What is it? Even the demons within him were hushed for a moment. And into his vision rose a cross, a cross, a Roman cross, his face blanched, no, not a cross, a mast, a boat mast, it's a boat, it only looked like a cross, his his eyes shifted, his body skulked, but he couldn't look away. More still than He had stood for days, He was riveted to this vision that was appearing before Him. The glimmer of someone beneath that mast. The someone, standing in the prow of the boat under this sign of the cross, coming ever closer like doom falling, like water rushing, like heaven descending. And the man in the boat seemed to be straining forward as well, his eyes riveted, piercing, fixed on this figure on the shore. The man's torment increased as the boat drew near, shrieks and mutters rose from his lips and fell gasping. Within him rose the mighty legion, taking their control again, and he turned and he fled as though all heaven were descending on his hell. D-Day on his Normandy. Shrinking back into the tombs to be lost among the dead. But he couldn't stay down. He couldn't hide. He, he couldn't resist. He, drawn by this power, irresistible, he streaked back to the shore, jumping, cursing, groveling, longing for, and yet repulsed by this man who was coming toward him. Toward them. The man who would be his life, his freedom, his salvation. For into this man's hell, into this man's grave, into this man's storm, Jesus came. And life would never be the same. Jesus, the good King, the Lord of all creation, the Lord of all life, beached on His shore that day, seeking to save this one precious, lost, broken son. Stand with me on that shoreline. Do you see this wretched man? Do you see him? Can you imagine his living hell? Can you feel the torment? the horror, the unspeakable destruction that brought this man to the brink of death daily? Can you feel his pain and his ache and his agony? And as you look at the horizon, can you, can you feel the power of the love of Jesus that's sweeping him across the sea, crashing him through that storm and bringing him right into this man's chaos? And as you see Jesus come, as you see Him invade the beach of the enemy, can you see the love that drives Jesus toward this broken man? Can you picture the compassion on His face, but also the horror in His expression? And maybe the anger that this loved child image of God could be so debased, so dehumanized, so diminished... And as they come together, as you hear Jesus negotiate for this man's deliverance, casting out this legion of demons and freeing this man for a life of wholeness and freedom, what do you notice? Do you see a God who weeps for the broken? Do you see a God who longs to bring freedom and healing to shattered souls? You see the goodness of Jesus who would silence every raging storm that prevents him from bringing peace and healing to a shattered, precious soul. If there's just one thing we hear from this story, it's this. Jesus loves broken people. Jesus loves broken people. And he will do anything. He will go anywhere. He will pay any price to see healing and freedom come to people's lives. If there's just one thing you hear today, you need to hear that. Think of what Jesus went through to reach this man. Think of what, where he had to go. Think of what he will ultimately have to do to secure this man's freedom forever. You know, as the story unfolds, Jesus takes his disciples to the most foul, unclean, dangerous, awful, off the map place imaginable. You know, everything about it would bother us. It would repulse a faithful Jew. Think about it. A graveyard. Inhabited by a man possessed, not by one. I mean, one's old hat at this point, with Jesus around. But by many demons in Gentile territory. And just to top it off with the boys in the boat, there's just 2,000 pigs on the hillside. It's a Jewish nightmare. And Jesus is leading His followers to that exact spot. It's the place that good people avoid. And that's where the good King is leading them. The place that good people want nothing to do with is the exact place that the good king is saying to his followers, let's get in the boat. we got somewhere to go. Do you see it? Do you see how far Jesus is willing to go? And why? Because of one man. Because of one broken man. Did it matter that the place was foul? Oh Jesus. Jesus, he, he's clean enough for all that. His love is greater than that. Did it matter that there were more demons than usual? No. Jesus' love can overcome them. Did it matter that this man wasn't one of them? That he was a foreigner? That he was an outsider? No. Jesus sees him as a loved image of God, a child. And it's this kind of love, this kind of love that that cannot be stopped by a storm that I think maybe the Apostle Paul was talking about when he penned these words in Romans 8. They'll be on the screen. Paul said, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And when you think of this man who had the legion, could it be that this was the story that Paul was considering when he said, look at this. Nothing can separate. Demons, storm, powers in the sky above or the earth below cannot separate us from the love of God. Look at Jesus, this Lord of creation, who pushes everything aside in order to come to this one broken man. Could it be that this was the story that Paul was thinking of? Maybe it was. Maybe it was one of the stories. Because this story is another example of the love of God breaking through anything that would stop Him from showing His love, from bringing healing, from reaching one lost man. That's the power of the love of Jesus. It will overcome anything that stands between Him and His objective to bring freedom and healing to your life, to mine. So where are you at in this story? Where are you at? Are you the man on the beach When you see this broken man, do you see some version of yourself? I know the image is extreme. It's an extreme image of possession and of, of, of obsession and of, of, of destruction. It's an extreme image. But, but do you recognize in this story something of what you carry? Something of what you feel inside? Broken. Broken. Loss, out of control, helpless to bring the kind of change you know you need, but you just can't do it because you've tried again and again. And somehow, no matter how hard you try, it just doesn't come together. Do you see in him some version of your own story? Do you feel empathy toward him because you're the one who's wrestling to become free of maybe an addiction that haunts you? Inside, you feel like screaming. You, you feel smothered by all the voices or the habits or the confusion that seem to both run your life and ruin your life. Are you that man on the beach? Because if you are, if you identify with this guy, there is very, I have very good news for you. Jesus is here today. The same Jesus that beached on that man's shore to bring freedom into his life, is here today to do the same for you. Jesus is just, committed, just as committed today to overcoming the obstacles so that he can reveal his love and give you healing and set you on a whole new direction in life. He is just as committed, committed to that today as he was then. And he's here. And we're going to have opportunity later for you to respond to that. To come and receive healing. To come and hear the voice of Jesus speaking freedom over you. Jesus is here to do that. You know, Last week I made a mistake during my message. I messed up. Without thinking it through properly, I referred to people as potheads. I know some of you are snickering, but I did. And it was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I'm very sensitive usually towards stereotypes. And I I missed it. It was an insensitive and demeaning comment. The reality is, Addiction is a debilitating, frightening reality for many people, whether it is marijuana or cocaine or prescription drugs or alcohol or food or whatever. And stereotyping someone as a pothead or a druggie or a drunk is wrong. It's not the heart of Jesus, and I apologize for that. That That was a real slip on my part. Why I say it right here is because When you look at Jesus and you look at how he interacted with this man, you need to know that Jesus doesn't see this man and just write him off as hopeless with a name, with a stereotype. He doesn't just see this man and write him off as, you know, that's a bit, that's a bit more than I'm ready to handle here. You know, if 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 you've maybe called me a little sooner, I could have done something for this guy, but really, he's beyond hope. Did Jesus see this man this way? He did not. He saw this man that no one else could help as a loved son. And he dealt with him as such. When I think of this man on the beach, I have to wonder how many people had names for him. Right? How many people had written him off? People who had tried to help him and had realized, "Uh, that's it. We're cutting him off. We can't do it. And maybe they, even in their own homes, began to refer to him as something or maybe it's people who really hated him and feared him. I wonder what kind of names people used for him publicly or maybe just in their homes. Ways that they wrote him off with a title, with a term. Did they say he was beyond hope? Did they say that he was beyond love? That, that he, had, he, had, he was really just a hopeless case beyond salvation? I'm sure they did. I'm sure that's exactly what they said. But is that what Jesus saw? Is that how Jesus viewed him? It isn't. Jesus saw a man created to be possessed by the Spirit of God. Jesus saw a man created in his image. He saw a man loved by God. And he came across that water and through that storm to bring salvation and freedom to this man's life. So are you the man in the beach? Because there's very, very good news. If you identify with this man on the beach, there is good news today. That Jesus loves you just as much. He went to the cross for you. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. So maybe you're the man on the beach, but the other possibility is that you're you're one of the guys in the boat. Now we all struggle with sin and brokenness. Every one of us. And certainly as Jesus followers, perhaps even more aware of our sin and our brokenness. And we need to continue to ask for forgiveness daily. I do. You do. We all need it. But perhaps as you hear this story, you do resonate a little more with those disciples in the boat with Jesus. Maybe you're watching with fear as Jesus just boldly jumps onto the shore. Maybe you're hanging back. You're not sure if you want to follow Jesus where He's leading us because have you seen where He's going? Have you got a glimpse of the shoreline? This is the Jesus who's already shocked you with His power to calm the storm. You're convinced that He's the Lord, but now He's down there calming this man's soul with the same words of power, bringing healing and forgiveness, bringing Heaven's rule right into the very pit of hell. And it suddenly dawns on you that that storm last night, man, that was a light summer breeze over lunch compared to the storm that He's calming right now. That maybe that storm last night was a preemptive attempt by the enemy to dissuade Jesus from His real mission. From His real war. The real reason that Jesus came. To do battle with the enemy and to bring freedom and healing to people's lives. And as you're watching, suddenly you know. You know with the force of all truth, you know that Jesus, who will go through high water and into hell, For one man. You know that this Jesus who's called us to be with Him, we read that earlier in Mark, to call us to be with Him and to follow Him, did not call us to be with Him and follow Him only into nice places. To only minister to happy families. To only get the easy wins or the simple journeys. But that this Jesus is taking us, His disciples with Him across the boundary lines and into enemy territory and that we're with Him So that we can be like Him. So that we can go and tell others that this is who Jesus is. And that He's come to bring life and freedom and healing. As you watch this Jesus, you begin to realize there is just no limit. There's no limit to this guy. There's no limit to where he'll go and what he'll do. There's no limit to how far down he'll reach. And if there's no limit for Him, then there's no limit for us. if Jesus is willing to take his followers into the most foul place imaginable to the Jewish mind, then I ask you, how much more is he calling us as a church to be going into the mess and the chaos of our friends' lives, of our neighbors' lives, of each other's lives? If Jesus is willing to cross the boundaries and take his people into uncomfortable places, then how much more should we be willing to announce the love and the healing of Jesus in our community? Bringing freedom to captives and declaring that death no longer has the power to bind because Jesus has come and he's destroyed the power of the devil and he's destroyed the power of death and he's offering freedom to all through his life. Whether you're the man on the beach or the man in the boat, the love of God changes everything for us. The love of Jesus changes how we live. It changes how we love. The love of Jesus transforms why we love and maybe most importantly, who we love. And the love of Jesus transforms where we are willing to go for the sake of one broken, lost soul. The passionate love of Jesus to seek and to save the lost becomes our salvation. He reaches into our mess. He brings healing. But it also becomes our mission our mission to see the broken and the hurt and the addicted and the forlorn and the despised and the suicidal and the forgotten, to see them loved and valued as Jesus loves and values them. And we realize there's no place too far. There is no hell too deep, no evil too great, no soul too broken for which Jesus has not come, will not come, for whom He did not die. And likewise, we, His followers, there is no place too far. There is no hell too deep. There's no soul too broken. No evil too great for which Jesus will not send us into. Us as His people. That's where He's taking us. That's where He's taking them. That's where He's calling us. That's where He's sending us. And He continues to go with us, to lead us, and empower us by the Holy Spirit, so that more and more precious and shattered lives can experience the wholeness and the healing of Jesus. You know, at the end of the story, both the man in the boat and the man in the beach are united. They're united with one purpose, to continue to proclaim the good news about Jesus. See how that goes? This healed man, he's sitting there beside Jesus. He's whole, he's happy, he's been recreated, and as Jesus is getting to the boat, he begs, right? He begs. He begs to go with Jesus, which makes perfect sense because wouldn't you want to follow Jesus who did this for you? Wouldn't you want to be with the man, who, the only man who was able to reach into your hell and bring life? And, and, and more than that, wouldn't you want to just have a fresh start? Wouldn't, wouldn't you want to leave the place that had been your place of haunting? Wouldn't you want to start fresh in a new community and not have to look into the eyes of people who saw you? so debased, so humiliated, who saw you at your very... Wouldn't you want to follow Jesus into the boat? And we all kind of expect Jesus at the point to say, of course you can. Get in the boat. You know? Of course you can come with us. Twelve's not that special. We can do with thirteen. You know. Uh, and, and you need discipleship. You, you need to be... Whatever. But Jesus instead does something unexpected. He says, No. A guy wants to follow him, and Jesus says, no. And more than that, he says, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. Now, that's that's actually really unexpected because if you've been tracking through the Gospel of Mark so far, how many people has Jesus said, go and tell to? Is Jesus in the habit of telling people after he's healed them, go and spread the word? No. In fact, he's usually saying, Please be quiet about this. See, when he tells the demons to shut up, they have to listen. He really is in authority over them. They have to listen. They have no choice. But humans, we have to choose to come under the authority of Jesus. And so humans, they're told, don't say anything. You know, go see the priest, or whatever. Don't even go back into town. Just go. Don't tell people what I've done for you. They disobey. They tell, news spreads, goes crazy, mobs, mobs follow Jesus, right? All the way through the book, Jesus is saying, don't tell anybody about this. And this guy, not only is he not allowed to follow Jesus, then he's told, go and tell. A Gentile. Go and tell your friends and your family everything that the Lord has done for you. And so the man does. He goes off and he, talk, he talks among the ten towns or the Decapolis is sometimes called. Decapolis, ten towns. And, and, and the whole region, he begins to proclaim the great things Jesus has done, had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Why would Jesus do that? Because his vision for this man included a vision for his family and his community. Because his vision for this man went beyond his healing, as magnificent and great as that was. Jesus' vision went beyond his healing, setting this man on a whole new course of life as a witness As a sent one of Jesus, as an apostle, proclaiming the goodness of Jesus to a whole region that had been previously untouched, previously unreached. And he did it through his personal story of an encounter with Jesus, his healing, and his salvation. And we see the effect right away. Remember what happened? When people saw what had happened, when they showed up, we heard the pigs all died. They show up, and they see what? Pigs floating in the water. Another form of Jewish nightmare right there. 2,000 pigs floating in the water. And this man, who they've tried to bind, they've tried to help, they know all about him, sitting there clothed and in his right mind, they are afraid. And in their fear of Jesus and his power, they ask him, beg him to leave. But when this man goes, when this man goes and starts to tell his story of what Jesus has done for him, how do people respond then? People move from being afraid of this power that they don't understand to being amazed at the goodness of Jesus. Through this man's story, side point, do not underestimate the power of your story of how Jesus has transformed your life or is transforming your life. Do not underestimate the power of that for witnessing to Jesus for changing lives, for redirecting people's perspective about who God is, who this Jesus is, and what life is all about. When you tell others what Jesus has done in your life, they will move from fears and misconceptions to wonder and amazement. Your witness, your testimony, is the most powerful witness tool to Jesus that there is. And so when Jesus heals this man, he sends him to go and to share to go and tell. And people move from being afraid to being amazed. It all gets brought together at the end. As the love of Jesus transforms this life and then sends this person to continue telling others of how good Jesus is. This love of Jesus, it changes us. It changes all of us. We move. We move from just sitting in the boat to getting out and doing the business. We move from a place of being demonized to a place of being delivered. We move from a place of thinking there is no hope to realizing there is hope to looking at people as shattered and people that we want to stay away from to realizing that each person loved by God and His desire to see them restored isn't just something that Jesus holds but something He gives to us by His Holy Spirit so that we can be a people who love Jesus and love people the way that Jesus does. We move from fear to faith which has been a theme also through this story, as a people who hang back to a people who lean in and are willing to go where the good Jesus is leading us. So whether we're the man on the beach or the men in the boat, it really all comes to the same thing. This love of Jesus transforms us and then sends us. So I want to throw it out today. I, 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 we're gonna, we need to respond to this. But if we've got a few moments... We're just gonna to respond to this now. We're not gonna go to questions unless you're really dying to ask a question right now. We need to respond to this particularly, each one of us. And I, I, I felt very strongly this week as I was working on this this message that that each one of us needs to respond in some way. Because I'd like to suggest that we're probably one or the other in the story. Probably a lot of us are both. We're in the boat, but we're still needing Jesus to really touch us and heal us. So I want to ask you how you need to respond today. Where are you at? Are you the man in the beach? And is the call of Jesus today to you to come to Him and to receive healing? To come to Him and begin to express your desire for change? To come, and I mean physically, get up out of your seat and come and begin to say, Jesus, I can't do it anymore on my own. I need you to intervene. The, the habits that are consuming me, the, the, the life that I've been trying to live, I, I want you to bring healing and change and transformation into my life. And if you are there today, there's good news that Jesus is present here today. That Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He's here to bring healing and transformation to your life. To invite you into a relationship with Him. A relationship with Him that changes everything. And so in a few minutes, I'm going to ask if you want to come and receive prayer. Specifically because you really identify with that guy on the beach. In some way, you know you need Jesus to intervene and bring healing into your life. You may not know Jesus personally. This may be a new thing for you, and that's okay too. That's great. And it's alright if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, I haven't made a commitment to follow Jesus. I'm not ready. I don't know enough about Jesus yet. And I want to affirm that and say, you know what? You can still come forward and say that. Say, would you pray for me? I'm trying to figure out this Jesus thing. I'm just just coming to understand who Jesus is and who God is and even what church is. and, And that's great. Where you are is where you are. And Jesus invites you to connect with Him and express your heart and receive prayer to know that He loves you and He wants to see transformation come. But maybe for many of you today, you would say, I'm still in the boat that I've been following Jesus or I kind of get who Jesus is and I've been receiving some healing in my life and forgiveness in my life, but you know what? I'm hanging back. I'm hanging back. I don't want to go where Jesus is leading me to go. I don't want to go to that neighbor who kind of scares me. I don't want to, I don't want to engage that family because they're such a mess. I, I don't know what to do about my, my, my own kids. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to serve. I'm hanging back out of fear. And Jesus is saying, I'm leading you. Are you willing to follow me? And I don't know what that means for you and where Jesus wants to take you. I don't know. But I do know that he is committed to leading us into people's lives. And that involves uncomfortable, difficult, scary situations. Scary sometimes emotionally, sometimes scary physically. But that that's actually where Jesus is calling us. And so for anyone here today who would say, I'm a follower of Jesus, I want to ask you, have you been living by fear or you have been living by faith? Do you need to get out of that boat and engage the living hell that exists in people's lives around us in the power of Jesus with your simple testimony that as God has changed your life, He will change another person's life? Is Jesus calling you to get out of that boat? That's the response that Jesus is asking us to make today. To come to Him and say, Jesus, I need healing. Jesus, I need forgiveness. Jesus, I need courage. I need strength. I need a vision. Or maybe I need a compassion expansion. Maybe I really need to begin to see the people around in my life that I've stereotyped, that I've written off, that I've said are beyond hope or certainly beyond me. And ask Jesus to expand your heart of compassion for those people so that you can actually be sent by Jesus to proclaim the good news in their lives? You know why this man, when Jesus saw him naked, and he saw him tormented, he saw him beset by the forces of evil, and Jesus came and brought freedom to him. Do you know when he did that? When Jesus healed this man, put clothing on him. Do you realize that as Jesus did that, the only reason he was able to do that is because at the end of the story, Guess who's going to be naked? Guess who's going to be shamed in front of the eyes of the world? Guess who's going to have his body bruised and cut by the forces of evil? It's Jesus. And the reason why he's able to step into their life, the reason why he's able to step into our life, the reason why he's able to gather us together and send us out into other people's lives is because he went to the cross so that all naked, tormented, shattered souls could find freedom and forgiveness and life in him. And that's where he's calling each one of us to go. Come to him. Follow him. The worship team is going to come and sing a song. But I issue you a challenge today to respond to this. And you can respond in one of two ways, okay? One is to come forward for prayer, and I'll meet you right there. And if there's piles of people, I'll probably call in some help, okay? But if you know today that your challenge is something you can deal with with another Christian brother and sister, if you know that maybe particularly for those of you who are followers of Jesus and know that your challenge is to go, is to follow Jesus then I invite you to find a Christian brother or sister today and just pray with them. Tell them what, how you've been challenged. Ask them to pray for you. Okay, so there's one of two ways to respond. Come to the front for prayer, for whatever you'd like, healing or challenge or courage or faith. But find someone else if you'd like. Pray here amongst us as the team will continue to lead us. Respond in one of two ways, but please, I implore you to respond. Let's pray. Jesus, you have called us into healing and into forgiveness. You paid for it with your blood on the cross, accomplishing everything that needs to be accomplished for our salvation and for our freedom and for our healing. You broke the power of the devil. You broke the power of death through your death and resurrection. And you are here today by your Holy Spirit to offer this exact power and forgiveness and freedom to each one of us. And I pray very simply that we would be open to your call today and we would respond to you. In your name we pray. Amen.